The following is a presentation of God Questions Ministries. Was Jonah truly swallowed by a whale? The book of Jonah recounts the story of a disobedient prophet who, upon being swallowed by a whale or great fish and vomited upon the shore, reluctantly led the reprobate city of Nineveh to repentance. The Bible's plain teaching is that, yes, Jonah was truly swallowed by a whale or a great fish. The biblical account of Jonah is often criticized by skeptics because of its miraculous content. These miracles include these events. A storm is summoned and dissipated by God. A massive fish swallows the prophet after he's thrown into the sea by his ship's crew. Jonah survives in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, or he dies and is resurrected, depending on how you interpret the text. A fish vomits Jonah upon the shore at God's command. A gourd is appointed by God to grow rapidly in order to provide Jonah with shade. A worm is appointed by God to attack and wither the gourd. A scorching wind is summoned by God to discomfort Jonah. God's use of a whale or great fish as Jonah's mode of transportation was sure to capture Nineveh's attention, given the prominence of Dagon worship in that particular area of the ancient world. Dagon was a fish god who enjoyed popularity among the pantheons of Mesopotamia and the eastern Mediterranean coast. He's mentioned several times in the Bible in relation to the Philistines. Images of Dagon have been found in palaces and temples in Nineveh and throughout the region. In some cases, he was represented as a man wearing a fish. In others, he was part man, part fish, a merman of sorts. Orientalist Henry Clay Trumbull observes, quote, What better heralding, as a divinely sent messenger to Nineveh, could Jonah have had, than to be thrown up out of the mouth of a great fish, in the presence of witnesses, say on the coast of Phoenicia, where the fish god was a favored object of worship? Such an incident would have inevitably aroused the mercurial nature of Oriental observers, so that a multitude would be ready to follow the seemingly new avatar of the fish god, proclaiming the story of his uprising from the sea, as he went on his mission to the city where the fish god had its very center of worship. End of quote. Some scholars have speculated that Jonah's appearance, bleached white from the action of the fish's digestive acids, would have been of great help to his cause. It could be that the Ninevites would have been greeted by a man whose skin, hair, and clothes were bleached ghostly white, a man accompanied by a crowd of frenetic followers, many who had witnessed him being vomited upon the shore by a great fish. Given the piscine nature of Jonah's arrival, Nineveh's repentance follows from a logical progression. Apart from the Bible, there's no conclusive historical proof that Jonah was ever swallowed by a fish and lived to tell about it. However, there is some provocative corroboratory evidence in the 3rd century B.C., a Babylonian priest and theologian named Barosus wrote of a mythical creature named Oannes, who, according to Barosus, emerged from the sea to give divine wisdom to men. Scholars generally identify this mysterious fishman as an avatar of the Babylonian water god Ea, also known as Enki. The curious thing about Barosus's account is the name he used, Oannes. Barosus wrote in Greek during the Hellenistic period. Oenes is just a single letter removed from the Greek name Ionis, which happens to be used in the Greek New Testament for Jonah. As for the I being dropped from Ionis, Professor Trumbull writes, quote, In the Assyrian inscriptions, the J of foreign words becomes I, or disappears altogether. Hence, Joannes, as the Greek representative of Jonah, would appear in Assyrian either as Iannis or Oannes, end of quote. Nineveh was an Assyrian city. 
What this essentially means is that Berossus wrote of a fishman named Jonah, who emerged from the sea to give divine wisdom to man, a remarkable corroboration of the Hebrew account. Berossus claimed to have relied upon official Babylonian sources for his information. Nineveh was conquered by the Babylonians under King Nabopolassar in 612 B.C., more than 300 years before Berossus. It's quite conceivable that record of Jonah's success in Nineveh was preserved in the writings available to Berossus. If so, it appears that Jonah was deified and mythologized over a period of three centuries, first by the Assyrians, who no doubt associated him with their fish god Dagon, and then by the Babylonians, who appear to have hybridized him with their own water god, Ea. Jonah was not an imaginary figure invented to play the part of a disobedient prophet swallowed by a fish. He was part of Israel's prophetic history. Jonah appears in the Chronicles of Israel as the prophet who predicted Jeroboam II's military successes against Syria. He is said to be the son of Amittai, from the town of Gath-hefer in Lower Galilee. Flavius Josephus reiterates these details in his Antiquities of the Jews. The city of Nineveh was rediscovered after more than 2,500 years of obscurity. It is now believed to have been the largest city in the world at the time of its demise. According to Sir Austin Henry Layard, who chronicled the rediscovery of Nineveh, the circumference of Greater Nineveh was exactly three days' journey, as recorded in Jonah 3, verse 3. Prior to its rediscovery, skeptics scoffed at the possibility that so large a city could have existed in the ancient world. In fact, some skeptics denied the existence of Nineveh altogether. Its rediscovery in the mid-1800s proved to be a remarkable vindication for the Bible, which mentions Nineveh by name 18 times and dedicates two entire books, Jonah and Nahum, to its fate. It's interesting to note where the lost city of Nineveh was rediscovered. It was found buried beneath a pair of tells in the vicinity of Mosul in modern-day Iraq. These mounds are known by their local names, Kayunjik and Nabi Yunus. Nabi Yunus happens to be Arabic for the prophet Jonah. As for the whale or great fish that swallowed Jonah, the Bible doesn't specify what sort of marine animal it was. The Hebrew phrase used in the Old Testament literally means great fish. The Greek used in the New Testament simply means sea creature. There are at least two species of Mediterranean marine life that are able to swallow a man whole. These are the cachalot, also known as the sperm whale, and the white shark. Both creatures are known to prowl the Mediterranean and have been known to sailors since antiquity. Aristotle described both species in his 4th century B.C. Historia Animalium. Skeptics scoff at the miracles described in the book of Jonah as if there were no mechanism by which such events could occur. That's their bias. We are inclined, however, to believe that there is one who is capable of manipulating natural phenomena in such supernatural ways. We believe he is the creator of the natural realm and is not therefore circumscribed by it. We believe God sent Jonah to Nineveh to bring about their repentance, and that, in the process, Jonah was swallowed by a whale or great fish. Jesus spoke of Jonah's ordeal as a real historical event. He used it as a typological metaphor for his own crucifixion and resurrection. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. Matthew 12, verses 40 and 41. The evidence is such that any Christian should have confidence to believe that Jonah was truly swallowed by a whale, and any skeptic 
should think twice before dismissing the story of Jonah as a fairy tale. God Questions Ministry seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical answers to today's questions. Online at gotquestions.org.